Got a fun one for y'all today. I hopped on with our friends Mike and John from Locked on Angels in the wake of the Reed Detmers no-hitter and the uh, Chase Silseth promotion to talk what other prospects they may see sometime soon, go over the draft last year and what they might expect this year, and just answer the question of why does this Angels farm system, the one that got you Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Jared Walsh and Taylor Ward, why does it not get the respect that it probably deserves? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we're happy to welcome in Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. He's joining Mike and I to talk about the Angel system and give our listeners a little bit of insight into what's going on there. So, Lindsay, thanks for hopping on with us, man. We appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be the first uh, non-Angels host on your show now that you guys are part of the network. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been such a joy to be part of Locked On and, and get to know everybody. And so this is really exciting for, for Mike and I as well. Mike, you can attest to that. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. And I, I think that I'm really intrigued at what you have to say about the Angels minor league system. One of the things that John and I have talked about on Locked On Angels has been how every single year it feels like the Angels are ranked in the bottom 20, <laughs> if not the very bottom, right? And then we see these great players like Jared Walsh and Taylor Ward, who's on your fantasy team, I hear, uh, yes. and, and other <laughs> and great players come out, right? And one of the things that we've seen is that it's taken them a bit longer to develop. And so I'm wondering, first question is, why is it that we're ranked so low, but yet when we look at our major league roster, we have a lot of really great guys that were in that low-ranked minor league system? Yeah, so... Very, very good question and very good. Uh, so a couple reasons there. I think the first thing is the distribution of talent hasn't always been even both year to year and positions. So mm. like positions, you look at there's there's places and the big thing to me is catcher where, you know, mm -hmm. Mike Napoli and Jeff Mathis were the only like decent catchers to come out of the system in like what a decade or so. Right. And yeah. so I think part of it is when prospect the prospect apparatus as I, as I talk about on my show a lot when they look at the system from a distance they see oh yeah well there's no catchers coming out of there you know they haven't had the hit rate on the outfielders or whatever it might be there's certain positions that they don't see average levels of of guys come out like they normally would and then two when you have guys come off the farm i think about something like you like when i was making this list Brandon Marsh is no longer on the list as mm -hmm. far as prospect eligible. Joe Adele is no longer eligible. Walsh is no longer eligible. Patrick Sandoval is no longer eligible. They all kind of graduated around the same time. Mm -hmm. And so the system ranks higher and then you take a big chunk of guys out of it. And so year to year, the spread of talent isn't even as well. And, and then I think part of it too is just we've seen guys come out of the system and do really well. I feel like it's almost just a the Angels just have a better than average hit rate on some of these guys. And so mm. you see, oh yeah, yeah, here's, these are six guys on their everyday roster that are homegrown, you know, and it, it, it matches some other team, but you did it using less guys to get there. You just happen to hit, have some guys hit, whereas other teams may have a lower hit rate. And so does the system really like bottom third in talent? I don't think so, but the mm. perception of it is that, 
maybe it's not as deep as it needs to be. And that's probably something that's going to be fixed. I think one, the draft last year helped. And then this yeah. year's draft two, just both of these drafts, I think are really going to add a lot of talent to the system and then kind of help with the distribution of where guys are. Like right now, I feel like it's really pitcher heavy, but yeah. like position players, especially power hitting position players, they're not really there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, some, you know, one draft can kind of fix some of the perceived weaknesses of the of the system. Yeah. Yeah. So that do you think draft- do you think that maybe then when it comes to like the ranking system that that actually influences the ability for the Angels to make trades? Do you think teams pay close attention to that or is there a deeper thought there? I think the smart organizations know better. They have okay. scouts who are watching other teams and they're they're aware of the true talent level of the system versus what uh, people like me and the websites think is the talent level of the system. But there's probably a bit of perception on the part of the fans and then probably a little bit among some of the lazier front offices uh, that maybe the Angels aren't worth trading with because they don't they probably don't have the kind of guys we want or a, enough guys for us to be interested. Like if hmm. if we had a conversation right now about Juan Soto. <laughs> Nobody, none of your fans probably think you have the talent to trade for a Juan Soto. Yeah. That, that only comes up because that's the thing going around Twitter right now is right, what's yeah. the trade package for Juan Soto. Whereas you can probably in every single system find enough guys to make a deal like that. And I think that most of the good baseball front offices, your Atlantas, your Torontos, things like that, they know that. They're aware mm. that there's plenty of talent here. It's just the fans and some of the lazier, not lazier, some of the the national media who maybe is looking at all of the organizations at once, they're not necessarily as aware. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. There was a great tweet from at Team Otani that I saw the day the news about Juan Soto kind of broke. And he said, this might be the closest we get to a what if tra- a Trout got traded at some yeah. point with Juan Soto. So I think if, if that's going to be the case, at the trade deadline that that Soto's going to get moved, man, that's going to be an incredible trade package there. It's probably going to be one of the biggest trades in, in modern baseball history. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working, I've had somebody reach out to me and I'm working on a, a, a show right now about proposals for Juan Soto. And every one that I've seen so far is just, you can't fathom that anybody's going to give up this much. And then you go back and you look at Juan Soto. You're like, no, I get it. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got our, arbitration for three years still and he's as good as he is and he's so young and it 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 really is gonna be a huge trade if it happens and it might i don't know yeah who knows so you you mentioned some of the guys that are in the major leagues that are no longer considered minor league prospects and so can you give us a few names maybe they might be familiar to angel fans maybe to john and i but can you give us a few names that are familiar and maybe a few names that are not so familiar that would be considered top prospects in the angel minor league system. Okay. So everybody knows Reed Detmers, obviously he's the number one prospect in the system. He's technically still prospect eligible. He won't Mm. be when the season's over. Um, But uh, Sam Bachman is a guy, obviously pitcher from last year who we're really kind of high on just because of the, the, how loud his tools are. So he's somebody um, Miami of Ohio and seen as like, just a pure power pitcher, but he probably Mm -hmm. has one of the better uh, fastballs in the system, probably has one of the better sliders in the system and a guy that we really see as probably going to get some aggressive promotions and able to contribute as soon as next year. Wow. Um, Yeah. The, the, the fastball is mid to upper nineties. It, he, he's hit a hundred with it before. 
the the fastball. It's it's one of those really tight kind of vertical. I'm sorry, the, the slider. One of those tight vertical sliders has a lot of late movement to it, and so it's really good to get guys to chase out of the zone with it. So just those two pitches by themselves already make him where you could use him as a setup man or a closer, and you'd be great. But then mm. to go with that, he's got a um, he's got a changeup that is average right now, but I think it could be better. And that's probably going to be the differentiator between is he a starter or is he a reliever is what can he do besides those two? Cause if you have those two amazing pitches, you can throw Sam Bachman in your bullpen right now mm-hmm. and he can be an effective major league closer for you. But wow. do you want him to, to be able to start? You're looking at a guy who kind of profiles with his velocity, his movement. He could probably be a number three starter or so, hmm. you know, maybe better if he can figure out a fourth pitch. And so that's kind of why he's in the minors right now is figure out, you know, one, let's get the change up better. It needs a little more speed difference off of the fastball. And then he just has to be able to control it better and then figure out a fourth pitch so you can start. But if not, fallback is always, here's your closer, mm-hmm. which is not a bad fallback to have. Yeah, we were talking about what kind of moves the Angels might need to make at the deadline. And if they're unable to secure a front of the line kind of starter, you know, if they're playoff bound that bolstering the bullpen is the next move because Mm -hmm. we've seen it with, with teams like, like the Braves last season. I mean, that world series was, was all bullpen. It was all Will Smith, you know, and and those guys, Will Smith, Tyler Matzik, Luke Jackson, like those three guys every night. Yeah, Mm, exactly. And so to, to know that Sam Bachman could come up in a role like that is Kind of reassuring, huh, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you and I've talked about that Frankie Rodriguez 2002, him coming up and mm-hmm. you know pitching just eight innings in the major leagues, and then he gets on the the postseason roster. And so there, there's there's always that sentimentality in Angel fans' hearts where we're like, how can we match this season to 2002? And so when you talk about <laughs> Sam Bachman coming up and being in the bullpen, all of us go, "Ooh, hey, that sounds great!" You know, especially <laughs> so we get really excited about it, especially 20 years after. The, yeah. the world series you know? oh man right. like 20 right. years that was 20 years ago 20 years 20 ago years. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> i'm so much older than i realized <laughs> oh my goodness and the rest of this show is going to be a therapy session <laughs> that's right that's right let's unpack that a little more yeah, yeah. how do you how does that make you that. feel <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by our friends at built bar i love brownies but you know what i love even more is brownie batter sometimes i eat half the batter just while i'm making the brownies Now imagine if you could eat that brownie batter and get some protein. You're in luck because Built has a new creation and this is better than ever. It's the brownie batter puff. Takes protein bars to a whole new level. It's available right now on Built.com. So this is a chocolate cover protein infused marshmallow that has the flavor of a brownie. And 140 calories. 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. It's the perfect pick-me-up for any day. Uh, it's, made with, it's, it's even made with collagen protein, which helps your body absorb more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So the brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're actually eating a healthy treat and make you think that you're eating a brownie, but without the waistline consequences. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Who else do you have on that list besides Sam Bachman? What are some other names? I know that Kai Bush has been a name that has come up in the minor leagues, and 
And then there's a couple of, of position players, but other, other pitchers that come up on that list, who, who's in front of you there? So, yeah, talking about pitchers, Kai Bush was one of the, the, one of the few lefties in this system. If, I mean, if there's a, if you want to talk about a weakness when it comes to pitching in the system, I think it's just the prevalence of righties and the lack of lefties. Hmm. But Kai Bush is definitely, um, definitely that guy. Transferred a lot in college, and so I think part of the reason why he was he, he was a little underappreciated was because he moved around so much. But he's a he's a big lefty. I mean, six six two forty, big oh, guy. Wow. Yeah, big boy. But he has a big fastball to match. I mean, his fastball runs up to ninety six, and he has one of those almost directly over the top motions. So it's mm. a, it throws you off a little bit because it the fastball almost hides behind his head and then kind of pops out last second at you a little bit of deception there yeah. um, to go along with that. He's got a slider, which is above average. Now I think it can be a plus pitch. It's got good horizontal movement, but it has a lot of vertical drop and you don't see a lot of sliders that can do both of those. So I think it could be uh, from above average to plus. And then after that, it's kind of like, okay, let's figure out a third pitch. He's got a, he's got a curveball. You know, it sits in the 70s. He's got to change up. They're both kind of iffy. And he really just kind of needs to figure out what that third pitch is going to be. But if you can give me a a big lefty with a big fastball, it's just something that not a lot of hitters get to see a lot, especially Mm -hmm. out of that arm slot. And then combine that with a slider with some funky movement like he has. I mean, he's somebody who, if he can figure out a curveball or a change or both, uh, you're looking at a good number three, number four pitcher. And then if not, again, you have that fallback. You hate to use it, but you have that fall fallback of an impact arm out of the bullpen. But mm. I really think he could be a starter if he can just figure out one of those two secondary pitches. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We've, we've heard a lot about Sam Bachman and Kai Bush. And then last Friday, Chase Silseth comes out of nowhere yep. and debuts against Oakland, goes six innings strong, no runs. Like, <laughs> Like just, yeah. are there any other pitchers that could make that same move as Chase Hillseth and come out of nowhere and and pitch in a major league game? Kind of. We that want way? you to say yes. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, but say yes. Hillseth was one of those guys I had on my list as a like one of my sleepers that I really kind of like, and then there obviously he pops up and he you know he goes ahead and 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 does that. Physical tools not the same, but I really like a Davis Daniel. Mm, and mm. the thing with Davis Daniel, he's something where had Tommy John in college at Auburn. And so, you know, only threw like two or three innings. I think he was like his first start where he got hurt, um, has four full pitches, but mainly kind of sticks with the fastball. Doesn't have the ridiculous velo that you're, you're kind of used to nowadays. Uh, hits, hits 95 with it, but it's got a lot of movement to it. Um, the curveball is one of those like big 12 to six curveballs. There's a changeup and a slider. I know he's done some stuff out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing there is he's got really good pitch ability. He just kind of understands how to mix the pitches. And the struggles that you see that I've seen from him on some of his call-ups in the past is he's gone a little too fastball heavy hmm. instead of kind of, cause the fastball is not overwhelmingly elite. He's one of these guys where nothing is, you know, nothing is plus plus, Right. Maybe not even nothing is plus, but when you add it all together, it's more than the sum of its parts. And mm. when he, if he can keep the arsenal varied and not let you sit on any one thing, and then if he can, <clears throat> sorry, if he can figure out a little better movement with with the change and the slider, I think he could be an impact arm um, 
in the rotation, especially later in the season when everybody's kind of worn down, you bring him, let him be fresh. Mm-hmm. But he just needs to to not throw the fastball so much because it's not an amazing fastball. That makes could sense. I, so if, could I bring it back to Silseth for a moment? Because yes, you you mentioned Kai Bush, and then Silseth, you know, gets called up. And I think if you asked any Angel fan that's at least a little bit aware of our prospects, we would have assumed Reed Detmers. And then maybe Sam Bachman needs some work. And then Kai Bush and Silseth, like John said, came out of nowhere. Do you think that they made the decision to bring up Silseth over Kai Bush because Bush has moved around a lot and is still working through some things in your your expert opinion? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Silseth feels like more of a finished product. I think Mm. he's a guy where when you go back, you look at him in college, he never like he was able to to be the star guy. I think back to, I think it was the 2021 College World Series, him versus Kumar Rocker on a Friday night going toe-to-toe. And so he's always been a little more finished product. I kind of think that's why he got the call up first. And Mm -hmm. then some of his weapons are a little more developed. He's got a splitter. It's You think it's a changeup, it's actually the splitter. Mm -hmm. Um, The curveball is kind of slurvy, but he has a slider to go along with it and the fastball. And they're all kind of plus pitches except for the splitter. So I, I think it's something where he's more of a finished product. And then he's kind of been more consistent with, this is what I'm doing. I've been doing this for a while. And he just kind of had to refine some edges where you look at a bush and he's still trying to figure some stuff out. He's still trying to improve a little bit versus just refining what he already does. That makes sense. That makes sense. So with the 20 draft picks last season and signing 19 of them first, what did you make of that when it happened? And second, do the Angels, I mean, it seems like a logical advantage, but is there an advantage to the fact that I think maybe all of them, if not if not all of them, are, are college pitchers that they drafted? Yeah, 19 of the 20 were college pitchers, and then 18 of the 19 who signed were college. I think hmm. the high score signed, and one of the college guys went back to college. I want to say hmm. TCU maybe. But to me, it tells me that the organization understands we need more pitching at the big league level. And when you draft a prep player, you're usually most situations, you're looking at four to five years for them to hit the major league level. Whereas Silseth is the first player from that draft to come up. I'm not going to say you're going to see a ton of guys after a year go, you know, debut, but you have a much better chance when you can take a finished product like a Silseth who was a starter all through college. Like he did that for years. He's already kind of, He's already figured out who he is as a pitcher. He mm-hmm. just had to refine a few things so that he could um, go ahead and be ready to, de- to debut versus right. a Bush who transferred around, uh, relieved a bit, started for a bit, has to figure things out still. To me, it kind of told me, okay, we understand that we need these pitchers in major league sooner rather than later. And you kind of saw back half of the draft, they took a lot of guys who had starting experience who had started for multiple years so that something like a Silseth could come up and, and debut this year, I'd be really curious to see. I could see them doing something similar, but probably going with um, college hitters mm-hmm. and then being able to take some gambles on some high school pitchers, knowing that you have some, t- some near talent, some talent who will be up in the next year yeah, or two. Yeah. You can afford to take it like a really like a elite looking high school kid And you can take the gamble on him because you're not going to need him in the immediate future and give him time to develop. So I can, that's kind of what I, I don't expect 20 pitchers again, uh, especially (laughs) not 19 college ones. Right. Right. But, but a bunch of, of 
higher level hitters and then some some lottery picks, if you will. Just some kind of gambles on guys that if this dude works out, it's going to be a steal. If he doesn't, we're fine. We're not going to yeah. count on him to, to play for us. They can afford to do that this season, considering they have so many pitchers from the last draft. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If we... Today's episode is brought to you by our friends from Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and your sports info. Find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. If we if we start talking about some of the the bats in the minor league system, one guy that I think a lot of people want to know about is what they're going to do with Michael Stefanik because all that guy does is hit. And the word around the league, around the Angel fandom last season was, oh, it's his defense that's holding him back." Is there has there been any improvement on Stefanik in in terms of defense this season? So, it's something where. I think he's going to end up at second versus third. They've tried him at both. And and I would rather have somebody with limited range at second than a limited arm at third. Because right. you could scheme mm-hmm. around range. You can't scheme around my, the arm doesn't get there. And as good as he is, I could see, if he was a little faster, I could say, like, man, you're going to have a utility guy who's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but his range issue isn't necessarily... Um, a speed thing it's just a defensive instincts I think he could probably add some corner outfield and if he Mm -hmm. adds corner outfield and then can improve some of his mechanics to to be able to make the throws at third base he's a guy you can call up relatively quickly and he can contribute Um, he from what I've seen from what I've been told he's doing the work We're, we're just waiting to see all of the all of the outcomes from it he's mm-hmm. he's legitimately trying he's going through drills he is getting better it's just a how much better do we need him to be before we feel comfortable that we're not going to lose value by bringing him and using him in a defensive role right right yeah the angels seem to have a luxury which we haven't had in years where we can afford to have guys stay in the minors a little bit because mm-hmm. with the way the team is winning right now i mean we've seen it with with Joe Adele. Like we don't, we don't need Joe Adele on the team at this moment. We right. would like to have him on the team and It'd be great. of course play yeah. a great defense yeah. <laughs> and have that bat. But this is kind of the first time that we can kind of sit back comfortably and say, no, let that guy cook a little bit more yeah. in, in the minors and put him back in the oven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit longer, 15 more minutes, yeah. <laughs> a few more degrees. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the first time we've had that luxury. So that's, yeah, that makes sense about Stefanik. No, there's not really a, a rush to bring him up as much as we'd like to see that bat in right. the lineup. Right. Yeah. And, and, and part of me wonders if him being at AAA is maybe the best place to learn that hmm. because AA and AAA are really kind of different animals. So yeah. AA, obviously it's your first taste of the upper minors and the jump to AA is the, probably the biggest jump a prospect will make. Hmm. But AAA for a lot of teams isn't as much focused on player development as it is focused on we're here to help the big league team win. Right. We have journeymen who are stashed, who are going to play first if Jared Walsh gets hurt. We have a utility guy here who's playing short, who he's gonna, we're going to call him up if Velasquez gets hurt, if Tyler Wade also can't go to back him up. And so part of me wonders, 
is triple a the right place for him but it's so hard to send a guy down a level mm, and so yeah. especially a 26 year old to say hey we're gonna send you from triple a to double a right, right. <laughs> so developmentally he probably should be at double a to kind of get that coaching and instruction because that you're still focused on development of players there whereas triple a you're focused on how can we help the big league team win but I think that you'll you'll probably see him sooner rather than later. Probably first time you have an infield injury um, and say like you have to have Tyler Wade play every day at short or at second or something, you'll probably see him come up as a backup and as a replacement and then hopefully get some get a chance to get that bat in the lineup and let him produce because his bat is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do the Angels actually slot in the draft coming up? And do you have any sort of idea of who it is that they may actually pick with that selection? So the Angels uh, slot at 13. Okay. So 13th pick, but the draft pool is the eighth smallest draft pool. Hmm. So kind of a recap for those of you who don't necessarily know how it works. Depending on where you pick in the draft, you are allocated a bonus pool. This is the total dollars that you can spend divided amongst your guys. Hmm. Um, and every draft pick through the first 10 rounds has an expected value for that player. You can go over, you can go under, but it all has to add up to this $7 million draft pool. So from what I've heard, it's still kind of early, but from what I've heard, it's been mostly college players. Um, Although there has been some talk about going over slot to get one of the high school pitchers. Again, one of those guys where you can take a flyer on a very talented prep pitcher, pay a little extra to buy him out of his college commitment, and then make up that money by taking some some college seniors and some guys who are pretty close to the bigs as far as hitters later in the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, John, can I ask a ridiculous question? <laughs> always. <laughs> okay, because I'm always the ridiculous one. On Let's, the get show. Ridiculous. Let's get ridiculous. I love ridiculous. ridiculous questions. Okay, so Angel fans, including John and I, have been so frustrated when the Angels drafted a guy named Roberto Baltakin a few years ago. I don't know if you have any information on him, but if if there's any information that you have, can you tell us if that was a really stupid pick or if other teams were really excited about him? And be gentle, please. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a he was an interesting player. Um, that was gentle. <laughs> that was gentle. That was gentle. There were there were multiple players who were oh, sorry, multiple teams who were interested. I don't necessarily think that the money that he got was w- needed to be as much as he got. And it cost us Vladdy Guerrero the next year because we couldn't we couldn't pick in that draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't um, spend. Yeah, I don't necessarily think if I could go back, I wouldn't make that pick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Neither would we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the money demands weren't quite in line, and it just it wasn't a great idea. But it's fine. It's worked out. We're I here mean, now. You, have, you have Shohei Otani. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. He yeah. does really cool things on a baseball field. Yeah. I'd love to watch him play. You were exactly. really kind and gentle. We appreciate yes. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm in a mindful. This is fun. <laughs> hey, Lindsay, really fast. Um, t- top five, uh, three of the top five for the Angels are all marked as shortstop slash infielders. We've got yep. Kyron Paris, Errol Vera, and Jeremiah Jackson. Do any of those guys stand out to you? Any any notes that our listeners should know about those infielders? Okay, so so one of the, okay one thing is you'll see a lot of minor league infielders marked as shortstops, mm-hmm. and that's just simply because you get the most athletic guy and you right. move a lot of them. It's that's normal. It's not 
too weird there. Kyron Paris, to me, I don't do a ton of comps on my show because I don't want to give people unrealistic expectations. Sure, but sure. the when I look at Kyron Paris and I watch him play, I see uh, I see an Aussie Albies kind mm. of in the way that he plays. Um, he doesn't have like he can't quite play shortstop. He's probably a second baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got good contact ability. Don't look at his stats this year. <laughs> Slow start. He's got good contact ability, but I think his his power is probably a little better than people are expecting. Okay. And so he could probably 15 to 20 home run power. Ozzy hits a little bit more, but he's still young. A guy that absolutely can grow into that. And you have to remember, he's only three years removed from high school. Right. So, right. I mean, he was, he was a second rounder in 2019 out of Oakley, California. So, <laughs> so a guy that, Offensive first, second baseman, probably hits for a little more power. Like I said, 15 to 20 home runs, plays a decent defense. Uh, not good enough for short, but can be average to above average at second. Um, and then makeup-wise, his character, his work ethic, his leadership, I've heard nothing but good things there. And so awesome. one of those guys where I think he's graded as high as he is, you know, seen as like a third or fourth best prospect in the system, mm-hmm. kind of because of his makeup, and he's kind of more, uh, more than some of his parts. Hmm. Interesting. I love that. Well, that's good news. <laughs> yeah. I heard Ozzy Albies and I got excited. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, another name you mentioned in there is Jeremiah Jackson. And yes. he he's somebody, if I could wave a magic wand over this system and take one tool that one person had and just make it significantly better, I would make his contact tool magically so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think he would be an impact infielder. He has... If you if if you give him something on the pull side, he will destroy it mm. if he makes contact. Right. Mm. And like, I mean, it's it's something where he he got better last year. He um, I mean, he at picking up spin, picking up secondary pitches, not letting himself chase out of the zone, but he still strikes out about 30-something percent of the time. Mm. And it it what makes that harder is his year last year got cut off because he had a quad strain and he mm-hmm. missed most of the back half ah, of the year. Okay. He only got like 50 games, but he started off slow, which he tends to do and then caught fire and then got hurt. Hmm. And so this year, I think he's batting about 250 right now. Same thing is a little bit slower, but if he could, um, if he could just be a little better with contact, I think he could be a, a guy sooner rather than later for you. It's just, I mean, because if he get, if he gets hold of a ball, it's gone. He destroys <laughs> it. It's just a matter of if he gets a hold of it, if he makes contact. Right. Ah, uh, gotcha. That's good wow. to know. I mean, thirty homer power is like from Woo. this middle infielder. Yeah, but he has to make contact first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Joey Gallo of of. It's <laughs> the Joey Gallo of middle infielders. Yeah. I can't think of anybody that we've had that has had that sort of power at second or at short on the, in the yeah. angel system or for, for a while, gosh, I think Not you have to go back time. and you go back and, to the probably early nineties for that. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of one of the observations that I have is there's like, there's so much of this. A lot of these guys are either uh, decent defenders, but they need help work with their contact or they have good raw power, but they can't get it into games. Hmm. And I just, that's why I think in this draft, you're going to see probably a couple like, power hitting middle and corner infielders and outfielders from college that you could say, all right, if we draft them in 22, then like they're in spring training in 24 with a chance to make the team. Right. Right. Simply because that's kind of what this farm system is missing is pop, just 
power yeah. out of the farm system. Yeah. Man, I feel like I am just opening up a prospect encyclopedia, Lindsay. This was so good. <laughs> so good. Hey, that's the phrase we use when we talk about the show. Prospect uh-huh. encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lindsay, this has been great, man. We really appreciate you hopping on with us and, and uh, informing us about the Angel system because there's a lot to be excited about, not just with the Major League team, but also the fact that you know, they got all the, the pitching now and then the promise of some of those those uh, fielders as well. So we really appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, for people who listen to my show, how can they find your show, follow y'all on Twitter and that kind of stuff? Yeah, they can find us at Locked on Angels on Twitter, of course. And then Mike and I, they can get us on Instagram and Twitter at Super Halo Bros. And then, uh, yeah, I think I think that's all they need they need to find us yep they can <laughs> find us, us yeah. down. search for us on youtube <laughs> at lockdown angels as well and then for those yes. that are watching our show Lindsay, tell them how they can get a hold of you yes so uh so my show is on twitter at locked on farm you can find locked on mb prospects wherever you get your podcasts and youtube and then i'm on twitter at crosby baseball uh right now it's a little college baseball heavy because they're hitting the postseason and then obviously from there straight into the draft but once right. the postseason's over it's back to pretty much nothing but minor league baseball there you go awesome. love it All right. Well, thanks for the time. And uh, let's do this again soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um.